everybody. Uh, welcome back to the Simmons & Simmons Clean Energy podcast. My name is Tom Gray. I'm an associate in the energy, natural resources and infrastructure team here. And this time uh, we're going to be talking about Ethiopia, which is which is very exciting. Our first African jurisdiction uh, in this podcast series and a very exciting jurisdiction, one that's attracting a lot of investment um, uh, at the at the moment, um, I'm going to be speaking to Aklit Bekele from Mesfin Tafisi and Associates. Hi, Aklit, how are you doing? Good. Good. Uh, thanks very much for speaking to us today. Really nice of you to um, to to take the time. What's your What's your position within the within the within the firm, and and what areas do you cover? Um, uh, I work as an associate in Mesfin Tafisi and uh, Associates Law Office. And uh, I work in the area of energy and investment. Okay, fantastic. Could you just, is it just a couple of things you could say about um, what projects you're looking at at the moment? Uh, that, 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 would, that would be helpful to know. Uh, we're currently working on um, solar projects and also uh, wind projects. Exactly, that's really useful to know what, what, what you're working on at the moment and probably, and probably informs what we're going to talk about next, which is the... Um, the sort of dominant technologies you're seeing in the renewable sector at the moment. Um, so, so just so just go for it and just tell us what's what, what's happening in the market at the moment. Well, um, Ethiopia has a huge renewable energy resources and uh, have a, a potential uh, to generate uh, sixty thousand megawatts of electric uh, power from renewable resources. Um, however, despite this potential, only 47% of the country's population have access to electricity. And currently, 91% of the country's electricity is um, generated from hydropower, and around 8% is um, generated from uh, wind. So the government, uh, in order to utilize the country's renewable resources, uh, has made a plan uh, to develop in the next 10 years a 71 renewable uh, power project. Uh, under this plan, there will be uh, 14 solar, 24 wind, uh, 16 uh, hydropower, and 17 geothermal projects. Uh, these projects are expected to generate uh, around 15,422 uh, megawatts of electricity. Moreover, uh, due to the Ethiopian National Electrification Program, that plans to achieve 100% universal electrification by the year 2025 and plans to obtain 35% of the electricity from the uh, street, uh, we're seeing an increased interest in the off-grid sector mainly in the solar PV technologies. Right. Uh, this might be due to the available uh, finance from different uh, development partners in financing off-grid solar projects that aim to increase uh, access to electricity in the rural community and projects which integrate the power and agriculture sector. But uh, overall, hydropower will remain dominant source of electricity. However, based on the emphasis given to solar technologies in the off-grid sector and also the planned 14 solar projects uh, which will be connected to the grid. We will okay. see an increase in the utilization of um, solar technologies. Okay, okay. Thanks. It, it, it sounds like, yeah, it sounds like from what you're saying, um, um, 
there's always been a focus on Hydra and that's that's just being added to now across other technologies. That's really that's really interesting. Um, and, and how does that does that tie into government targets generally about about the amount of sustainable energy they want to generate? Have they set those sort of in- incentives? It's not incentive as such uh, for generating renewable energy, but uh, the country as part of the 10 year development plan um, um, has planned to expand electricity generation from renewable energy. And one thing uh, to be noted in this regard is that Ethiopia produces almost 99% of its electricity from renewable resources. Wow, 99%. Um, that's that's uh, <laughs> that's obviously very high and, and, and a statistic which a lot of us could, a lot of different countries around the world could learn quite a lot from. Uh, and what about things like emissions targets? Have, have the government set a target for, for reducing those? Uh, yes. Interestingly, Ethiopia is one of the countries that are determined and taking steps to reach carbon neutrality. In order to assist with this, in 2010, the Ethiopian government has put in place the Climate Resilience and Green Economy Strategy. The main objective of the strategy is to achieve the country's development goal, which is to become a middle-income country in a green manner. And coming to specific emission reduction goals, both under the country's 10 years development plan and under Ethiopia's first Paris climate nationally determined contribution, to the UNFCCC, Ethiopia has committed to reduce uh, greenhouse gas emission to 145 uh, megaton uh, carbon dioxide by uh, 2030. And this is around uh, 64% reduction emission from a business as usual scenario. Okay, super. And uh, sounds like some really, uh, some really strong targets have been set then which is which is great um and really sets the tone for for the sort of developers and investors within the country so that's that that's fantastic um and then so and then once that um, investment starts coming in perhaps you could just tell us a bit about the the routes to market for renewables projects how does that happen in ethiopia um, as of now, the Ethiopian Electric Power, which is a public enterprise, is the main off-taker. And uh, IPPs will um, sell electricity to the Ethiopian Electric Power through a negotiated PPPA. Okay. Um, and is that the is that negotiated PPA the, the, the only model? Um, are there corporate PPAs or any other structures? Um, Corporate PPAs are not well known in the market. Um, however, in the coming years, we might see a change in this regard. Uh, I said this because following the country's rapid economic development, uh, we are seeing a rise in the industries which are power intensive. Uh, for example, uh, the country currently has over 10 industrial parks. And one of the concerns investors in the industrial parks raise is insufficiency of power. Mm. So this is one of the areas where we hope to see the utilization of uh, corporate PPAs. That's really interesting. Yeah, it sounds like there's a uh, real scope for 
for corporate PPAs and that sort of arrangement, given the big industrial sector which Ethiopia have and are trying to grow, and certainly other markets I've worked in that have have big manufacturing sectors or whatever, like like Vietnam, for example, are really are really now looking at the corporate PPA model as a way of diversifying where where energy comes from um, in the grid. So that's that's really interesting. That's starting to happen or starting to be spoken about in in your country, Accurate. Um, I wonder if we could just touch a bit on some of the challenges that investors might might speak to you about or might raise with you when they're thinking about developing projects in in the country. And is you know is there anything? Do they have any common sort of causes for concern or or any any things they ask you that they're worried about in Ethiopia? Um, the main concern which investors raise is the issue of foreign exchange. Right. Uh, foreign exchange is a highly regulated area. And there is a shortage of foreign uh, currency in the country. So potential developers are requesting the government to provide a foreign currency convertibility guarantee. We know that the government is considering different options on how to address the concern of developers and project lenders. Um, And we also expect the government to decide on this issue in the coming months. And the first beneficiaries of the guarantee are expected to be selected uh, PPP pro- uh, projects. Okay, I see. And and do you think, and I'm not trying to put you on the spot here, but do you think if those guarantees get rolled out to big PPP projects, they might then also get rolled out to a sort of smaller renewable projects or the corporate PPA arrangements we just, we just spoke about? Uh, I think it would be challenging um, to roll that guarantee to smaller um, uh, power projects uh, because um, um, because the government usually provides a guarantee for government projects. And unless the project is under the PPP uh, framework, it will be hard to provide that kind of guarantee. Okay, I see. But but perhaps projects where um, the off taker is the is the state electrical company, it might be more possible. Um, that's a, that might be some comfort to to investors. Um, and um, and just 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 thinking about um, sort of policy changes on and, and that sort of thing going forward. So you mentioned that a, a convertibility guarantee might come in. Are there other regulatory or policy updates that you're aware of that that might influence the sector in the next year or a couple of years? Um, yes, uh, one of the thing would be the approval of the energy policy. This yeah. policy have been in the drafting stage starting from 2013. And once this energy policy is approved, it will serve as a guiding document for the development and operation of the energy sector, including the participation of uh, the private sector. Another thing we're expecting is the implementation of the power sector roadmap. Okay. So this roadmap uh, plans uh, for the development of the power sector in the form of institutional and regulatory reform. So the implementation of it will uh, create institutions and regulatory regions, a regulatory regime which would be responsive to the private sector. Another okay. thing would be to mention a new incentive directive. So the incentive package which is provided to power projects is under revision, uh, under revision, and when it is approved, it might grant additional incentive uh, to power projects. 
Okay, okay, no, that's interesting, and and certainly in other countries, Africa and elsewhere, South Africa, for example, that have introduced those roadmaps, um, those really clear plans of what projects they want to procure, it's been really helpful. Um, so so that sounds like a very really, really positive step. Um, and then just just talking on, we've talked about agreements within the country, just just going broader than that. What do what do what do you think? Would be helpful, or what do what do you want to see um, in terms of of the outcomes from the COP26 negotiations? What do you think would be helpful to Ethiopia? Um, in order for Ethiopia to achieve uh, its green economy and meet its commitment to the Paris Agreement, uh, the country needs a huge amount of finance. So, um, so therefore, personally, at the end of COP26, I hope to see a binding agreement in relation to the promised support to developing nations uh, to tackle climate change. Okay, super. Well, let's, fingers crossed that happens. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of things talked about um, at the conference, and fingers crossed that's um, that outcome is that outcome is there. Um, time times rushed past, and and unfortunately we've run out of it. So uh, so I'd like to thank you very much, Aklit, for for the time that you've given us and the insights you've shared. It's 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 much appreciated. Um, and, and thanks for being part of the podcast series. Um, please keep an eye out, everyone, for our for our next uh, our next episode. Um, and they're available. All of them are available on LinkedIn, our website, Spotify, and Apple Music. Um, thanks, Antlet. Do you want to say goodbye to everyone? Goodbye, everyone. It was a pleasure to be part of this podcast. Thanks very much. Bye.